Yeah, we're totally live. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but hallelujah. Uh, Mark uh, chapter 11, if you will, we'll dismiss our course teens and children for Sunday schools this morning. As you're turning this morning, we're going to continue in our series on prayer, asking, receiving, and we're starting uh, lesson eight today. If you don't have that, put your hand up. We want to get everybody a uh, copy of the lesson today. We're beginning a new lesson, and I say beginning. We're going to finish this lesson today, fellas. It's going to be just today. Yeah, Caleb is, is, is blown away back there. He's mind blown that I'm going to finish him on Sunday. Uh, but we're going to talk today, uh, Lesson 8, on praying for anything and everything you want. Uh, praying for anything and everything you want. Before we read scripture here, some of you, a couple of you might remember, I'm not sure, uh, long ago in, our build, when in this building, the early days of a meeting here. And of course, we've been meeting uh, next month. Uh, will be four years we've been meeting in this building. And about three, maybe three, three and a half years ago, Brother Darren will probably remember, we had a guy coming off the street on a Wednesday night, and, and during prayer request, he raised his hand and asked us to pray that he'd have a million dollars in a Lamborghini, I think is what it was, or something. And uh, he was an obnoxious guy that wanted to cause problems, and he ended up leaving under, I think it was his own power eventually, but almost wasn't. And uh, yeah, right over there, he, he left. And, uh, you know, we, we think of, man, just pray for whatever we want. But I want us to look at Scripture and see what God says, and I want us to understand God's principle of prayer. In Mark chapter 11, look in verse 24, uh, what things soever ye desire when ye pray. Very simple thought there, whatever ye desire, and we see that married together with the thought of my desires I should Pray. I'm not going to ask you to turn to these other verses, but I'll read for you quickly, and I may have printed for you in your notes. John 15, 7, and you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Psalm 37, 4, he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. John chapter 14 and verse 14, if ye shall ask anything, and it goes on to say in my name, I will do it, the last part of that verse. And then Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, a couple portions of that verse, in everything by prayer, and it goes on to talk about some other things, let your request be made known unto God. And I want to talk to you this morning about prayer and this matter of praying for anything and everything you want according to Scripture. And obviously we need scriptural basis for everything we believe and everything we, we practice. We want to look at Scripture this morning, but let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to come together and, and think about and talk about prayer. I thank you for your word that instructs us in the matter of prayer. I thank you for the opportunity we have as your children to come to you and to ask and bring our needs and our requests to you. Lord, I thank you that prayer is us asking, and Lord, when you answer, it is us receiving Lord, as we examine this subject, this kind of unusual subject in our minds and our thoughts sometimes about praying for everything and praying about everything, uh, Lord, I pray you would help us, uh, Lord, to see it from Scripture and understand it. In your precious name we pray, amen. 
As we begin, I want to share a story with you that Dr. John R. Rice shared. Of course, Dr. Rice, uh, no relation to me. Uh, Dr. Rice had only had three daughters, uh, very similar to another Rice that I know, and uh, his name passed with him. But uh, Dr. Rice shared this story. He said, one afternoon during a revival campaign, I spoke at Sherman, Texas, under the shade of trees on the courthouse lawn. Man, imagine that, having a revival on the courthouse lawn in Edmonton. That would be revival coming to Edmonton for sure. Uh, I suppose 75 or 100 people had gathered that weekday afternoon in a small Texas town to hear the message that I preached on prayer. Dr. Rice said, my text was, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Uh, found in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 8. And he said, after I had earnestly uh, tried to show that God is eager to give in answer to our prayers, I stressed the plain words of our Savior in that verse, everyone that asketh receiveth. And those are very plain words. And he said a Baptist deacon rose in the audience there uh, on that courthouse lawn as he was preaching and stood up. And said, Brother Rice, I believe in prayer, and I know God answers prayer, but I do not believe God wants us to pray literally about everything. And he continued on, and he said, why, why you talk as if you could even pray and get a, a, and he stammered on a minute trying to think of something preposterous to bring up uh, about prayer. And he said, you could pray as if you could even get a barrel of pickles. And everyone laughed. And Dr. Rice responded to him, tells the story plainly. He said, yes, anybody who needs a barrel of pickles should pray for him. And I think that God has given me things a lot greater than a se and seemingly more unlikely than a barrel of pickles. And this morning, I want us to realize that God wants, God is able uh, to meet our needs, to answer our prayer. And so then the question becomes, what do we ask for? When I was a young person, uh, we, my family almost never went to a restaurant or to a fast food restaurant. It was a very, very rare thing. Uh, maybe three or four Sundays in a year, uh, we might go uh, to have lunch somewhere after a Sunday morning service at a restaurant, maybe once or twice a year, or maybe three times a year, we might go to a fast food restaurant, if that. And, but I knew when we went to a, rest, a fast food restaurant, I knew that I was not allowed to ask for the, the big things on the menu. I knew that there was a value menu. Back then it was, now it's, value menus like anything less than thirty dollars is a value menu today uh, back in those days it was way less than a dollar uh, hamburgers were like 39 cents at mcdonald's how many of you remember that they weren't any better than they are today but at least they were cheaper and uh, I, I knew that i could order i could only ask for those things I, I i couldn't order i couldn't ask for a big mac meal i never had a big mac till i was in my 20s this never happened i never i didn't know what a quarter pounder with cheese tasted like until after I got married, I took my wife to McDonald's and she said, I want a quarter pounder with cheese. I'm like, what's that? I, and I'm honest, I had never had that before. I, I, I knew what the hamburgers tasted like and, and the, I knew those things, but I knew what I was allowed to ask for. 
Now, when it comes to prayer, so often we think, well, there's a very small subset of the menu of prayer, and that's all I can ask God for. And I've got to make sure that I only ask for those things that I think are, are really okay to ask for with God. And I want us to look at this matter of praying. Uh, every Christian, every believer, we should take our desires to the Lord. Now, we're to ask for everything we want. I believe we can see this in Scripture. But everything that we have a right to want. We, we need to get God involved in our wanting. The Bible says, trust in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And we're to bring those right desires to him. And we're to go to God and say, God, this is my desire. If not, you know, remove it if it's a wrong desire, if it's a desire I should not have. Uh, we're going to discuss a bit later the conditions to be met when we pray, but the question we're going to look at this morning and as we examine this subject is, what should I ask for? What section of the menu am I allowed to ask God for when it comes to prayer? Uh, we're to let our request in everything, the Bible says, be made known unto God. In everything. We're, we're to let him know everything in our request and the prayer. Uh, you know, many people have this wrong idea about prayer. Remember, prayer is asking. The principle of prayer is prayer is me going to God and asking for something. Uh, prayer is not me trying to impress God with my language. Prayer is not me trying to uh, put words together that sound beautiful and these and thous, uh, some formal theological idea. Rather, prayer is asking God. We need to ask. We so often set limited opinions on what I can pray about, what I should pray about, what is, we use the word kosher, uh, for us to pray for. I don't think we pray about that. Don't think that's really good to pray. You know, sometimes in children's ministry, and those of you that have worked in children's ministry, you know this is the case. When you, you get some young kids together and you ask them for prayer requests, you get some unusual prayer requests. And I wish that we, as grown-up believers, I wish we had the simple faith of a child. Uh, I wish we would think, hey, man, we can, we can pray about that. We can pray about everything. And uh, that's what God wants for us. Uh, it's not wrong, you know, to, to pray for earthly blessings. It's not wrong uh, to ask uh, for a farmer, to ask for rain. It's not wrong for someone to ask uh, for God to bless them, God to give them a job. Uh, I'm praying for a couple of folks right now that are looking for jobs. I'm thinking of folks that are going, Brother Sean's going tomorrow for a job uh, possibility. And uh, I know Brother Tim is praying for God's wisdom for a job. And uh, Belito is looking for, looking for work. And others that are, are looking for a, a job. It's not wrong to pray for that. It's not wrong uh, for those uh, kind of things. By the way, it's not wrong to pray for money. Uh, money's a tool. Uh, money, we, we get this idea of money's evil. Uh, money's not evil, it's uh, the, the lust of money, the love of money, uh, but it's not wrong. If I, if I need a tool to do a job, uh, nothing wrong with praying for that. We've got a, uh, some more work we've got to do on the outside of our building. And uh, I, early this morning as I was praying, I prayed, Lord, would you, would you provide the, the funds for that we need to get done? Uh, it's just a tool. Uh, we can pray for that. We can pray for uh, our daily bread as we've been looking at that. 
uh, already. Uh, we can pray for big matters and pray for little matters. Uh, pray for, for things that are massive. I, I think of uh, uh, some folks that are going through a very difficult time right now, a very, very difficult time, and I've prayed much for them, and it's a very big matter. It's a difficult matter. But I don't, I don't just have to pray for small things or for big things. I can pray for the small things as well. Uh, we need to break away, biblically, break away from the traditions of limiting God in prayer. This religious tradition of prayer is this is prayer, and I can only pray about this area or this thing. I need to realize that I can pray about everything, and I can pray literally for anything and everything I want. Number one in your notes there this morning, Christians are invited to ask for literally anything they want. Now, this is not religion that says this. It's not a church that says this. It's God's word. Now, we're going to, just for a little bit, we're going to skip over the conditions God places upon Christians asking, and we're going to look at that later, but, and we, we skipped a few of, those, few of those things in the verses I read for you. Uh, Jesus surely meant to invite us to ask for anything, as we see in Mark chapter 11. Will you turn back there if you have your Bible, if you're not still there? Look at verse 23 and verse 24. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he shall saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye ask when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Whatsoever things. Whatever things. So whatsoever things you desire, anything in the world you want, casting a mountain into a sea. How, how many of you think that you would ever have a need to cast a mountain into a sea? Brother Ahmad, maybe somehow in building a bridge somewhere, you may need that. I know Brother Ahmad's been involved with some big projects, but I doubt he's ever thought, man, if that mountain was just not where it is, I'd be okay. Uh, we don't have that need. But the Bible uses that illustration uh, I believe to, to give us the understanding that the, there is no boundaries or separate specific area that we've got to stay inside of when it comes to prayer. Uh, we're not going to talk about the condition here right this moment, uh, but rather talk about the things that our hearts desire. In John chapter 15 and verse 7, it says, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Ask what ye will, whatever ye ask, whatever ye ask for. So what is the things that we should pray for? Whatever we will. Whatever, whatever you want to pray about. Whatever you want to ask God about. The meaning of Psalm 37, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Our prayer, Christian, your prayer and my prayer should coincide with the desires of our heart. How many of you ever learned how to drive a manual transmission vehicle? Some of you. Nowadays, if you get a manual transmission vehicle, it's unstealable because the young punks don't know how to drive them. Uh, but you learn to drive a manual transmission. 
Uh, I learned to drive a manual transmission tractor when I was about nine years old. I think the first time I drove a manual transmission car, I was about 12 years old. Uh, but I remember learning how to drive a manual transmission. I remember uh, having to get the, the clutch and the gas pedal just right. And, and then I learned to drive a manual transmission. And then when I was, I think, 15 years old, my uncle let me drive the old International, 1961 International straight truck that he hauled water on. And I had to learn how to double clutch. And that's a whole different world. I had to learn to press the clutch and get it out of gear, rev the, rev the, get the revs up, and then as the revs came down, clutch again and drop it into gear. I had to learn to get things synchronized just right. Now, in today's manual transmissions, they have so many synchronizers in the transmission, uh, most of those I could drive just about without a clutch. I was driving a Honda uh, Accord in Chicago many years ago, uh, for a, it was a man in the ministry, actually Pastor Wilkerson's brother-in-law's car, and I was going to pick something up with it, and his clutch went out. He didn't tell me the clutch was going, but the clutch was almost worn out, and the clutch went. I was in the middle of Chicago. I drove that car all the way from the middle of Chicago back to Indiana with no clutch uh, because of the synchronizers. I could, I could shut the vehicle off. I could put it in first gear. I could start the car in first gear, uh, and I could, I could get just the right RPMs and feel it and drop it into gear. Those synchronizers made it all fit. Now, God wants us to synchronize and fit together in this matter of prayer uh, our desires. Our desires should mesh with what we ask God for. Now, if I have a desire for a ribeye, and I go to God and say, Oh, God, would you give me a raw tomato sliced on a plate? That's what I want to eat, Lord. Now, I'd be lying to God. I don't want to eat a raw tomato. Uh, now, some of you would love a raw tomato just as much as you love a ribeye, and that's okay, but that's not the desire of my heart. Now, when I pray, my desires should mesh with what I ask God for so I can ask God anything I want, but my wants, we understand, the Bible says that God gives us the desires of thine heart. So what we desire, we should ask for. So literally anything, Christian, can be a matter of prayer. I can ask God about anything. John 14 says, And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son, if he shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Whatsoever, that means anything. I mean absolutely anything. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Christian, when it comes to prayer, we need to, we need to get over the hump of understanding and realize we need to pray about everything. We need to stop taking things out of the equation of prayer. We can pray about everything. Number two, if it's not wrong to, it's, if it's not wrong to ask, if it's not wrong to want it. It's not wrong to ask if it's not wrong to to want it. So as we think about asking for anything and everything we want, we think about aligning our heart's desires and our prayers. Anything we have a right to want, if God gives us that on our heart and we have its right to want, we have a right to pray for it. 
If I don't have a right to want it, I don't have a right to pray for it. About any matter. Any matter at all. It's a matter of, is the, the want, is it right? As we think about that matter of prayer. Imagine the Lord uh, should knock today at your house this afternoon or this evening. You open the door, there's Jesus. Some of you would say, hey, hey, Jesus, just stay outside for a little bit. We've got to do some house cleaning before you come in. But if he showed up, and you open the door, and if you didn't pass out, and imagine he said to you as he's standing there outside your door, I've come to supply your needs. I, every, legitimate, every legitimate want you have, I want to meet him. Uh, invite me in. Allow me to come in and tell me every need you have. Every lack, everything that you legitimately need, I want to meet those needs. Now, if in your home this afternoon or this evening when Jesus showed up, there were things that were ought not be there. There were wrong entertainment. Uh, there were some wrong habits and wrong obvious things that were visible or understandable inside your home. No doubt before you would want the Lord to come in, you'd say, hey, give me just a minute. I wasn't expecting you, Lord. Let me get things cleaned up a bit here. Let me put some things away. Let me hide some things. By the way, we can't hide anything from the Lord. Adam and Eve thought they could hide from God in the garden, but God knew where they were. But we would forget the Lord's request to meet our needs because we'd be too concerned with those things that ought not be there. However, if the Lord came and, and we said, oh, I'm so glad you're here. Man, it's so wonderful to have you come into our home. Lord, we, we've, been, we're, we've been spending time expecting your presence with us. and Lord, here's some things we have, some needs. That relationship, that communication would be different. As we think about, if it's not wrong to ask, it's not wrong to want it. If you had a problem, maybe you didn't have enough food in the house. You'd say, Lord, I, we really don't have enough food for this week, but we could sure be a great need. It's okay to pray for that. You know, we, maybe you say, hey, you know, my, my husband or my wife has some health problems. Lord, they need, they need some help. They need the touch of God. Maybe my, my children are struggling, Lord. They're having some difficulties in school or maybe some relationship difficulties. Lord, there's a problem here. W would you help? And we can imagine how wonderful it would be to have Jesus there and, and that communication. And Lord, I have this need and I have that need. And, and, and Lord, I've got this problem. My, my dad has a building back home we call the Horseshoe Barn. Now, no horse has ever been in that barn. Uh, no horse has ever been shooed in that building, and it is not a barn. There's no animals in that barn. Well, there's some worms in there, but I digress. Uh, it's a barn, or not a barn, a building that we built when I was 
I think about 10 year, 10 or 11 years old. Uh, we built it so we could pitch horseshoes inside the building during the winter because we pitched horseshoes competitively when I was growing up. And uh, my dad, of course, a few years ago became the world champion uh, in the seniors division for a few years. And, but that building's getting a little long in the tooth. Uh, it's 30-some years old, and uh, the shingles on it are 30-some years old, almost 35 uh, years old, 38 years old. And so when we go to visit family in April, we've already planned it, when, I, when we go down to visit, uh, that week that I'm there with mom and dad, while I'm there, I'm going to shingle that building for my dad. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be able to do that for him. The Lord, in your life and my life, he's able to do for us what we cannot do. And we can ask him. We can ask. Uh, if it's not wrong to want, it's not wrong to ask. And we can pray about anything we want and how wonderful that is. Here's our problem, though. So often our wanter is broken. Our wanter is broken. I've got a Suzuki XL7 uh, that the four-wheel drive does not work in. I replaced the front differential. Didn't work. Brother Maude, remember a couple years ago, we went to go down. We're going to cross this creek and put it in four-wheel drive. And the, the light came on. It said four-wheel drive on the dash. I mean, it should be good. Only problem is the front tires weren't turning. And we got out of there barely. We turned around, and I went, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. What's miraculous is I've been driving that thing for a couple of years, and I've never got stuck yet. But I decided the other day, man, i got to fix that. i got to find out what the problem is. i got to see what the issue is. I got it in the garage. Uh, took, I took a day off, praise the Lord, this week, a rare thing for me. And early in the morning, I had it up in the garage, and I'm crawling underneath, and I'm looking, and and I found a little motor that sticks through the side of the front diff. It's just a little gear. And that little motor spins, and a little thing spins in the diff and slides the gears over, and it doesn't work. I found the culprit. I had to order it from Dubai. Some of you have been there. Uh, I have a package coming from Dubai. Uh, I'm sure it's halal. When it gets here, it'll be halal. But I found the problem, that little motor. Our problem in prayer most often is our wanter. We want the wrong things. We want the wrong things because our heart and our desires are not in submission to God's will. God wants our will and our desire, our wanter, to work. He wants to fix your wanter. So when we have a right desire, we can pray. God wants us to do that. Uh, Philippians 4, number 3. In your notes, Philippians 4, verse 6 says, pray about everything. Our Heavenly Father wants to be taken into our closest confidence, to our secrets, to our longings, to our desires. He doesn't want us to hide our desires from Him. But He wants every desire to become a prayer. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, it says, be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ 
Jesus. Notice the words there, in everything. Let your request be made known unto God. Here's the cure for worry. Uh, here's the cure for anxious care. Uh, the cure for fretting. Uh, for a troubled heart. You have a troubled heart. You're worried and you're anxious. Here's the cure for it. Uncertainty of the future in everything. In everything. Let your request be made known unto God. Don't worry about it. Take it to God. You know, so often we want to carry something that we shouldn't carry. On Friday, Hannah and I carried up the big uh, propane cooker from the basement uh, to use the, to, when I was cooking the spaghetti sauce in a big pot, big, it was like a witch's cauldron. Uh, was it your cauldron? I'm not calling you a witch. But anyway, I, I, I brought that big thing up, and Hannah helped me. And last night when we were here, I was getting things ready for today, and I said to my wife, I said, I'm not carrying that thing down. My shoulder wasn't happy about it. I'm going to get some young, strong men to carry that down that have good shoulders. And uh, Brother Hiroshi and uh, Brother Eric were available. They weren't young or strong, but I used them anyway. And uh, they carried it downstairs. Now, the reason I didn't carry it, I went, yeah, I probably shouldn't carry that. I, I, I should let somebody else do that. That's not something I should probably try to carry again. A lot of us, we're carrying things that we shouldn't be carrying. We're carrying worry. The Bible says we're not to worry. Rather, we're to go to God. Say, God, I, I can't deal with this. God, there's nothing I can do about it. But, Lord, I'm going to ask you. I want you to carry that burden for me. Lord, I, I have no right to carry it. I'm giving it to you. I can pray about everything. I can bring my request to God. How wonderful it is. By the way, worrying is a sin, just in case you're wondering. Oh, no, Pastor, I, that's just the way I'm wired. I just worry. Yeah, just like the bank robber says, no, it's just the way I'm wired. I like to rob banks. The murder, I, you know, it's just the way I'm wired. I have to kill people. That's just, that's my thing. I just have to murder people. Uh, you know, I just have to take a hammer and just beat them in the head. That's just the way I'm wired. Uh, that, that sounds kind of ridiculous, doesn't it? It's also ridiculous. So, no, it's just, I, I'm just a worrier. That's just the way God made me. Just like Adam, Lord, the, the woman thou gavest me. It's your fault, God. You gave me the woman. It's your problem. No, it's sin. The Bible says be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. We're, we're, not, we're not supposed to worry. I'm not allowed to worry. Scripturally, doctrinally, worrying is a sin. Worry is the opposite of faith, the opposite of trust. John Wesley said these words, I would no more fret than to curse and swear. In other words, John Wesley said, I understand that me worrying is just as sinful as me swearing. Just as sinful as me committing some other sin, worrying is a sin. I shared a story Dr. Rice shared. I'll share another. Dr. Rice said that a woman uh, came to see him when he was in Wheaton, Illinois, after hearing him preach, and he had preached on asking for anything and preached on prayer. And this woman, this wonderful Christian lady, older lady, came to his office, and, and she said, to think all these years, I've put up with that old, ugly, faded rug in my living room. I've been burdened about it. I've been ashamed of it. I planned and planned, but I was never able to buy another one, and I had that ugly, horrible rug in my living room. 
I felt it was okay to pray for lost souls. I thought it was okay to pray for my pastor. I thought it was okay to pray for uh, spiritual needs, but never one time that I realized it was okay to ask God about a new ruck. And she said to him, I'm going home and praying for a new ruck. Now, I can imagine the laughing that Dr. Rice did after she left his office. But boy, what a powerful truth. We can ask God about anything. The Bible says that. We can, we can go to him. We can ask him. We can trust him. How many of you know the song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus? When I was a young, a young, young person in our church, I was maybe 11 11 years old, we had a children's choir, and uh, we sang the song. Some of you know the song, He's Still Working on Me. And uh, we had a, a gospel group in our church that came, the Primitive Quartet. Miss Lois knows the Primitive Quartet. This was back in 1980-something, early 80s. Uh, maybe it was 1986, 80, 86 or 87. And uh, they sang, and, and our children's choir, we, we sang... Uh, that song that night, and and I had the privilege as an 11-year-old kid to go up with the Primitive Quartet, and, and they sang that song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. I sang with them. I sang with a professional singing group when I was 11 years old, and uh, we sang that song together, our, the children in our church, with the Primitive Quartet. Well, that wonderful song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, All Our Sins and Griefs to Bear. What a privilege to carry certain things to God in prayer. No. And the song, everything. Everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything. Everything to God in prayer. Number four in your notes this morning. Open the door of every closet. In your heart to God. How many of you like me remember your mom or your dad saying to you, clean your room? You ever hear those words? Normally it was when we had company coming, hey, clean your room. Now some of you, maybe you're, you were probably better, a better teenager than I was, a better, more obedient child than I was. But I remember a few occasions I had to go clean my room and there's stuff everywhere, so I just opened the closet Put everything in the closet, close the door. The room's clean. I remember one time my mom coming in after I told her I'd clean my room, and she, she saw the devastation beforehand. She knew the mess that it was in, and she knows that I am not a good cleaner. And I told her, yep, I cleaned my room. She came in the room, looked around, and I saw her as she went to the closet. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't, don't, no, don't open that closet. That's what I, I didn't say it out loud. But in my mind, I'm willing her. Lord, I'm trying to use the force like Star Wars. Lord, move her away from the closet. I don't want her to go there. But she opened it. And she made me put stuff where it went. <laughs> I couldn't just leave it in the closet. You know, we want to we wanna keep some closets closed to the Lord. We want to keep some wants and desires and things in our heart. We want to seal it off from the Lord. God wants us to keep it open. God wants us to have it open to him. You know, a, a mother and father, they, they rear children. And, and their child, or their daughter, or their son gets married and, and leaves the home. And by the way, that's a good thing. 
that's, that's God's plan. Uh, that's God's purpose. And the Bible says, for this cause shall uh, they're to cleave one to another, they're to become one flesh. Uh, they're to leave home. Uh, now they're still to have a relation with, relationship with mom and dad, but you understand there's a, it's a different relationship after marriage uh, than it was before marriage. And the parents, they long to have that connection still, even though there is that biblical separation. And how wonderful it is when uh, there is still that close, uh, close relationship. But many times, and maybe some of you with older children have experienced this, Sometimes I've talked to folks that, you know, the children leave the home and they never talk to mom and dad. Mom and dad never has any idea what's going on in their lives. They, they keep everything away from them. I have no experience with that, but I know many folks have, have gone through that. And mom especially struggles with that. And mom, you go, man, I, I want to be a part of my daughter's life, or I want to be a part of my, I want to know what's going on. And there's that strain in the relationship because you don't really know. God wants to have an intimate relationship with you. So much so that Jesus came and died for us so we could be with him forever. And when it comes to prayer, God wants us to have an open communication. God wants us to let him know the thoughts the intents of our heart now he knows them but he wants us to communicate with him he wants us to bring it to him uh, he wants us to come to him and give him everything that we want in our heart so Christian can I encourage you today as we think about our relationship with God in prayer don't imagine that God has this small subset of things that are okay to pray about and when it comes time to pray, okay, I can pray for the missionaries, that's okay. Uh, I can pray for this, the spiritual need, but yeah, I know my car's dying, but I can't pray about that. That's not a, no, I can pray about everything. Now, what we do when we have wrong desires, and by the way, we have them. We all have them. I, I told the teenagers uh, to camp a week ago about uh, when I was in BC and they gave me a rental car. They upgraded me for free. They gave me a Mustang GT. And I drove and abused that car. I, it was a lot of fun. And broke every traffic law, almost got arrested 16 times. I was gonna call Miss Lois to bail me out of jail. But I, after I dropped the car off at the airport and I went and I got on the plane there to, to fly back in Abbotsford as I was sitting on the tarmac in Abbotsford waiting to take off, as I was flying with that very expensive airline called Swoop, uh, they, had, they had to use horses to pull the plane to get it off the ground. But as I was sitting there waiting for the horses to hook up to get us to, to fly, I was on my phone and I was Googling uh, the price of a new Mustang GT. I wonder what that cost. Man, that's a nice car. I really like that. Now, as I was doing so, I went, yeah, I don't need a Mustang GT. Uh, but I confess, for about 30 minutes, I was having a mental conversation with myself. Man, I could probably afford to buy one if I really wanted one. Uh, but I knew I didn't need one. Now, a lot of times we have desires that not only are just not quite right, sometimes we have desires that we know are very sinful. Uh, our our old man, our old nature has desires that 
go outside the boundaries we know, outside the boundaries of what God has said, thou shalt and thou shalt not. And, and we want to hide them. <laughs> well, God doesn't know about this desire. <laughs> God doesn't know I want to do that. Uh, God doesn't know that I want to go smack that guy right in the face. God doesn't know that. I'm going to hide that. Now, now, we have wrong desires, but rather than hiding them, when it comes to pray, we need to pray. Say, Lord, you know, I, Lord, I got a wrong desire in my heart. And Lord, I want this, and I know it's wrong, Lord. We need to bring those to the Lord. We need to open up every door and every access area. Yesterday, uh, we, we met with uh, the Friesens at lunchtime and before they left. and We came back afterwards, my family, Carrie and I and Hannah, we came to the church and we're getting things ready for today and doing several things. And I walked into the men's washroom and I said to Carrie, hey, there's still some X's and O's uh, at a heart still in the men's washroom. If you were here Friday night, we had little cardboard X's and O's, hugs and kisses all over the tables, and we had hearts on the floor and hearts on the wall, and I realized that there were some things left. Late last night, we saw them. So often there are some things left in the closets of our heart because we never open them to the Lord. Now, there's a couple reasons we do that. Number one, we do that because of shame. We're like Adam and Eve. They hid themselves because they were ashamed. We become ashamed and we don't want to face God with the reality of who we are. Can I encourage you that just as God knew about Adam and Eve and knew everything of their... He, he knows about your heart. The best thing Adam could have done was to say, Hey, hey God! Hey, hey God! I just did something I shouldn't have done! But he hid himself. One of the reasons we hide our wants and our desires that are wrong is because we're ashamed of them. The second reason that we hide our true innermost being sometimes or try to from God is because we don't believe God can help us. We don't believe God can help us. I remember driving home one night when I had my little mini truck and I saw a, a full-size truck stuck in the snow and I pulled up beside of him and I said hey I said can I help and the look on his face was like how can you help he had no idea that I had a four-wheel drive vehicle with front and rear diff lock and uh, I, I hooked up to his truck popped him right out of the ditch my little miniature Tonka toy but he thought, what can you do? So often we think to God, well, God, you, you know, Lord, if I need help in this area, I'll ask, but you can't help this wrong desire. That's another reason oftentimes we keep the, the closets closed in our heart. But can I tell you one of the main reasons, and I think this is the main reason, number three, that we don't ask God and we don't invite God is because we know God can. God can help. And God can change the desires of our heart. But we don't want that to happen. We're pretty comfortable. We, we like having that wrong desire. We like having that wrong attitude. We, we've gotten pretty accustomed to it. And we don't want God to change it. 
we can bring anything and everything to God. And I believe we ought to pray about everything we, every desire we have, we ought to pray. Now, some of those desires we have when we pray, it's not God giving us that desire. It's God fixing that desire in our heart. When I pray about wrong desires, you know what happens? God convicts me. God brings to my mind and my heart, hey, that's not, that's not a right desire. That's not a right thought. You're on the wrong track. But I can bring every desire, every prayer to my God. By the way, when you pray, pray about anything. If you pray and God reveals to you that's not my will, then I stop praying for it. Paul prayed, God, remove the thorn of my flesh. God didn't answer. Or he answered, no. He prayed again. And God said, no, I'm not going to remove it. Lest you become exalted above measure. Now, I don't know. We don't have a record of Paul's thoughts and prayers. But I never see a time that Paul ever asked God again about throwing his flesh. Paul realized I, I shouldn't pray about that. That's not the will of God. Christian, we can pray about literally anything and everything we want. And one of the biggest bonuses of doing that is we get God to look in underneath the hood and the clauses of our heart as God fixes and gives us right desires. Let's pray together. Lord, help us as we seek your will and your purpose. Lord, we confess today that we are but flesh. And Lord, often our desires are not correct. Sometimes we have sinful desires. Sometimes our desires just run contrary to your desires. But Lord, I thank you that I can bring all my desires to you. I can pray. Lord, I thank you that as I do that, as I open the clauses of my heart, that oftentimes you have to work on me. You work on those desires. Lord, some of us are ashamed of some desires and thoughts in our hearts and we try to hide them from you lord we're just as ridiculous as adam trying to hide lord you know everything lord we we try to hide behind a mask of shame but lord we keep we keep in a horrible place because we don't open ourselves up to you and your will and your purpose lord help us to bring them to you in prayer Lord, so often we doubt you that you're able to help us. Lord, I pray you'd help us to believe by faith. But Lord, I think the biggest hurdle that we face is we get very comfortable with our wrong desires and our wrong wants and our wrong spirit. And we don't want you to fix it. God, help us to open it up to you. God, help us to go to you in prayer. Help us to bring everything to you in prayer. Lord, thank you for the opportunity we have to pray. Lord, bless us in our service to come. Lord, I pray that your will would be done in every heart and every life. Lord, I pray for those that are ill, those that aren't able to be here today. Lord, would you meet their needs? Lord, I pray you'd be with those traveling yet to be here for our service to come. Uh, Lord, would you help us, uh, Lord, to seek your face. In your precious name we pray. Amen.